Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Ashley Ray here with me. Ashley is the founder and CEO of Mala Collective. Mala Collective is the company that works with artisans in Asia, from Bali to India to Nepal, to create products supporting a mindfulness and meditation practice. In this episode, Ashley shares so much gold. Seriously, her story and how she became to create Mala Collective is so freaking inspiring and I can't wait for you to hear it. She also teaches a lot around meditation and how to incorporate Mala and other things into your meditation and mindfulness practice. Since starting Mala Collective in 2011, Ashley has taught meditation across North America and has taken many meditation trainings from LA to New York to India to Bali. And she's worked to make meditation and mindfulness more accessible and more fun. And so I know that you're going to get a lot of takeaways from this and I'm so pumped to for you to jump in. And when you do, when you listen, make sure you tag me on Instagram story at the spiritual boss babe and check out the show notes so that you know how to find Ashley, how to check out Mala Collective and all the things. So without further ado, let's welcome Ashley onto the show. Welcome, Ashley. I am so excited to have you on the show and pumped for you to share all of your magic, all of your gold, all of your sparkles with the audience. (laughs) Well, thank you. I am so honored and so excited to be here. So thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're doing some amazing things. So I would love for you to first share what is Mala Collective and what led you to actually coming to this place and creating Mala Collective and sharing it with the world? Of course. Okay. So Mala Collective uh, was something born out of serendipity and synchronicity. And I believe that we truly reflect that in all that we do. So we create pieces to help people connect to themselves through mindfulness, through meditation, through breath, uh, by working with different artisans in Bali and in India, in Nepal, we create things like mala beads, cushions, singing bowls, anything that is a physical reminder of an intention, something that might inspire you to sit down, take a breath, put it out in your home. You know, maybe having a crystal out will remind you to love yourself more today or embrace patience. So the entire journey of mindfulness and what it can mean to you. So we create pieces that manifest that physically. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I am just in awe of it every day and very grateful. So I'm, I'm pretty darn thankful. Um, and so how it came to be. So, wow, it's been eight years. Wow. Wild to reflect on. it for a hot minute. Yes. It's been, yeah, it's, it's incredible to measure life by that 
um, standard. It's pretty cool. So it's been eight years and it started by accident and just by serendipity. Uh, we were traveling through Bali, my partner and I at the time fell in love with these mala beads. And for anyone who doesn't know what a mala is, it's a string of beads that you can use in a meditation practice to help focus your attention and your energy. So we fell in love with these beads that also are very beautiful jewelry and kept going back and buying them, loving that different crystals and gemstones have different healing qualities and different intentions like rose quartz for self-love, lava for strength, howlite for patience, just all these beautiful associations and bought a whole bunch of them. And we were flying from Bali to Thailand and a woman came up to us on the plane and said, excuse me, your aura is so beautiful. Can I sit and talk to you? Of course. Who says that? That's so awesome. Uh, so she sat down and started talking to us. Long story short, she ended up being the woman who made the beads that we had bought a whole bunch of. Wow. So very cool, very serendipitous, beautiful interaction. And so it was born uh, in the air between Bali and Thailand. She told us this gorgeous story about her guru wanting to get these beads to the West because they embody peace. The more the world wears them, the more the world will be at peace and the West needs peace the most. We said, well, we, we dig peace and we're from the West, so we'll help. Uh, so it was completely serendipitous, beautiful accident. Uh, and fast forward eight years, um, it's still here, which is just so cool. Wow. And it's grown a lot, huh? It's grown a lot. And I have been humbled numerous times. Like every single day, I'm humbled running a business and learned amazing things and met amazing people. And you know, we started with just mala beads and we've expanded into other beautiful things like crystals and cushions, which has been also a really un, a big learning of what my practice has looked like and different things I used to support it. So it's a big reflection of how my practice has progressed in those eight years as well. Wow. So amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So when you, when this all started coming to life, like, did you have a business before this? Have you always kind of had like an entrepreneurial spirit? No, no, not even an inkling. Wow. Um, I was a journalist before and I was covering murder trials. So I don't know if it could have been more opposite. Um, And I remember being in a Starbucks one day writing an article about a murder I was following. And a few months later writing about how to start a meditation practice wow. in the same seat at the same Starbucks and thinking, oh, I prefer this one. <laughs> this is so much better. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it was a pretty big one. That's amazing. Like how it just kind of I, I just kind of want to extract a little bit of a lesson here for people listening. Like things can happen like in an instant and come out of nowhere. Like when you're just kind of in flow and you're listening to your soul and listening to your heart and in that energy of flow, things can manifest, opportunities can arise, things can come to life in a way that you've never expected. It must have been like, whoa, for you. I think it's quite beautiful. And I think that's a really great point um, for you to reflect on because I, I understand that's a very romantic story of how the business was created and the beauty and the serendipity and the magic in that moment. But what I reflect back to people is how many people do you meet every single day that could absolutely change your life for the best? And how many lives can you change by being your best self? And I think that there's so much more magic and serendipity in the world in a daily experience that if we just trust it and we let go a little bit of our need to control um, 
there's so much flow and you're right when you're in your flow and when you're in um your best version of yourself the things that you can attract are beautiful and you know we could have chalked it up to say that was a really cool meeting on a plane and i think people hear that story and i've definitely had people say i wish something would fall into my lap like it did for you mm. and i get that I, I understand what that means uh but i think what people don't see is the sacrifice that we went home we we didn't go back um you know we had these careers that we loved and we could have stayed in that place of knowing and stepping out to run a business is very scary. It's very fearful. It's very unknown. And we embraced that unknown and we sacrificed a lot. And I don't regret it. I'm not complaining. It was wonderful. But um, being able to surrender, uh, to trust and uh, have a lot of patience and have a lot of hustle at the same time is it's a combination of all those things, not just one serendipity yeah. meeting, but that definitely kicked it off in a cool direction. Wow. Yeah. It's definitely, um, the journey of being an entrepreneur is definitely a bumpy one <laughs> with oh, many yeah. lessons and many challenges. And we've got to just be brave and face our fears and keep shining and keep growing because the world does need each and every one of us to share our gifts, share our message, shine our light. And it's beautiful that you've been doing it in this way. I think that's awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. There's definitely been lows of self-doubt. And I think that's probably the biggest barrier that I've faced in the mm. eight years is thinking I'm not enough or how dare I be the person to do this. Wow. Um, and that is a lot of, um, that's a deep, deep feeling to get over. Yeah. I would love for you to elaborate on that because I literally just made a post about this this morning, the whole, I am not enough and how yeah. that's something that plagued me for like ever. And you know, I still hear it creep up and have my tools and practices to go to, but like, wh how was that for you? Like managing that, navigating around that, like, what is your take on that? Cause it pops up for everyone. <laughs> Oh, I, so I've not solved it. <laughs> to be very clear, there's different manifestations of it in every year as the business grows. And I think in the beginning, you know, we were in our, you know, early mid twenties and we would have this beautiful outpouring of people reaching out to us, telling us, Hey, these malls have helped me change my life. They've helped me get through, um, a sex change, leave an abusive marriage, have this transformation moving across the country. And these malls rep represented so much for these people. Uh, and for us, of course, like we were definitely living it as well. Uh, but I just thought, you know, they probably don't know that I'm in my 20s. Am I, am I enough to be doing this? Am I, I'm not Buddhist, I'm not Hindu. And is that okay that I'm not these things? And this imposter syndrome of comparison and I, I really believe that the comparison being the thief of joy is such a true statement that, mm -hmm. you know, I don't post the moments of my deepest self-doubts and fears on Instagram. Um, and, you know, maybe I should. I, I don't really post anything because I, I feel it's an unfair journey to, to compare when you just see the highlight reel. Um, yeah. But I was comparing my beginning to the highlight reel of so many people and thinking... I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm too young to be doing this. I'm too this to be doing this. Like everything was... Um, everything became a fear and an insecurity. And I didn't have a network of people to talk to about it. So I was very much my own worst enemy in my head. And then even more, the spiral was, well, how dare I have these fears when I'm out here helping people connect to themselves? Yeah. <laughs> I've had that one come up many yeah. times. Um, so I, I actually, the, the reckoning of you know a big shift for me was one day I woke up and 
I actually don't know what shifted. I was probably just tired of listening to that on repeat in my own head. Um, but the message was, you know, get over yourself. You are indulging in your fear and you are robbing so many people of so many beautiful experiences by indulging in that fear and that story. And I kind of just was like, oh God, okay, well, that's, okay, well, I guess I should smarten up. And, you know, I still have those ebbs and flows where I feel really low, but now I, I know that I don't need to deal with that internally. It's a real human experience. It is most people experience it, whether they want to admit it or not. But I've noticed that as soon as I talk about it in a vulnerable way, it gives permission for somebody else to talk about it too. And it is a really beautiful and real and authentic and raw conversation. And I've never shared that without somebody else saying, I've also felt that. I've yeah. never heard someone say, oh, I've never. <laughs> I'm not good at They're always- lying. Yes. <laughs> so I, I do um, still grapple with it, but not in the same way. It was quite crippling before. Oh yeah. I feel you. Like that's why I became so obsessed with the work that I'm doing with like helping with manifestation and like shifting your mindset. It's not like necessarily get rid of that. Cause I don't, I don't know that we can ever, ever get rid of doubt or fear, but to like be able to navigate back to our truth and power much faster, much easier when things like that do pop up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a beautiful evolution. And I feel, you know, we, the I'm enough mantra for me is so powerful and so important. And when I teach meditation, I teach a lot of beginners and their immediate response. I don't know how to meditate or I can't meditate. Mm. And I always offer a mantra of I am and whatever word they want to cultivate or call in. Is it love? Is it strength, patience, grounding, uh, supported that, all of those feelings we think that we are not, we truly do have within ourselves. So it becomes this evolution of uh, set the intention, step into it, start living it. And then it's going to be the next one. What's the next thing you feel you are not enough of? It's not you all of a sudden wake up and you are enough. It is, am I loving enough? Tomorrow, maybe it's strong enough. The next day, is it intuitive enough? So there's always these different layers of self-doubt that the I am mantra can help us um, work through each one. Um, I think it's really beautiful. So it's, it's a forever journey. It's a forever evolution. Yeah. And so when you say the affirmation, when you're meditating, is it like something that you just repeat over and over and over and over and over again? Yes. Yeah. So I use, so we, we make malas and I use them every morning in my meditation practice. Like, you know, I meditate like five, five times a week or so. I'm not perfect. I don't do it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I do use my mala, I turn the beads through my fingers. The idea of a mala is that it, uh, helps bring your attention back when you're sitting and doing your breathing and taking some time for yourself. So the, the attention or your focus goes to the mala. But on top of that, I layer in my mantra. So I'll usually do an inhale and breathe in, I am, and exhale, whatever word I need that day. So usually my routine is in the morning, I'll sit down my meditation area, I'll pull out my cushion, I'll grab my mala and I'll take a breath and go, okay, what do I need today? Maybe it's grounding, maybe it's... I don't know, serendipity, maybe whatever, whatever the word is. I just repeat that 108 times. Um, And then, you know, I'll repeat it when I'm in line at the bank. I'll repeat it when I'm walking, when I'm, um, you know, whatever I need throughout the day. I'll put it on a sticky note and put it on my laptop and just different physical reminders that I can see it throughout the day helps me um, repeat it, not just in the practice. So yeah, so it's like a day long practice. So two questions. First one, how long do you usually meditate? And second, like, is what is the purpose of the 108? Mm. 
So 108 is a really auspicious number in Buddhism and Hinduism. Um, there's a lot of connections to astrology, um, to the moon, the stars. It's believed if you take 108 breaths in a day that you'll have found enlightenment. Just There's all these really beautiful um, mystic stories behind it and um, more measurable reasons why 108 is very auspicious. So a mala bead traditionally has 108 beads. So when you go all the way around, uh, it's believed that you are finished a meditation. So that usually can take between you know, eight to 12 minutes, depending on how quickly you're breathing. I know when I make it around in three minutes that I'm breathing far too quickly and probably <laughs> should do it one more time because <laughs> I've, you know, raced around it and that's not the point of the practice. Uh, but, you know, you can sit for half an hour if you want. I, I always, you know, if I want to do another practice, then I'll sit for another 10 minutes, but I don't force myself to sit for 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's not always a fun practice. Some days I just don't want to do it. And other days I love it and I fall right into it. Um, but I, I feel that most people are nervous about how much time they think they should meditate. You can just do it for five minutes if you want. Like you don't have to sit for 30 minutes um, and levitate. You can just do <laughs> five minutes and you're good. <laughs> it's just the idea of giving yourself a gift of a few minutes to connect. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait to get myself some mala beads now. Yeah. Um, and you use your singing bowls and stuff too when you do your practice. How does that? I, I have a singing bowl and I, that I just started using a lot more, and I'm like freaking obsessed. Isn't it the coolest? It's amazing. I will never forget the first time I used one. I could feel it just going through my body. It was the coolest feeling. Um, so usually when I practice, you know, I want to say you actually don't need anything to meditate. So yeah. we, having been a journalist for a long time, like giving the gift of education and knowledge and empowering people to know, hey, you can just breathe. Um, you don't need anything that we sell. So we do a, a lot of free guided meditations. It, the point for me is not pushing product. It is really, if this helps you, that's great. And if it helps as a reminder throughout the day to wear of your intention, that's even better. Um, but what I do use in my practice is I'll use my mala every day. I'll use a cushion just because you can use a couch cushion. You don't need to use a meditation cushion. Um, but I find having a meditation cushion in my living room and I wake up and see it, it becomes a, a trigger of, oh yeah, that's my reminder. I need to go do that. Um, I'll put some crystals out sometimes. So depending on, you know, if I really want to set set it up to have a little, you know, I want to do like 15, 20 minutes and even a half hour and dive in a little bit deeper, then I'll put some crystals out with the intention of, let's say it's love, I'll put some rose quartz out. Maybe I'll grab my singing bowl. Like, it, you know, those are just added layers of, do I really want to have a bit more of an indulgent experience for myself in that moment? Or mm-hmm. I'll host a lot of meditations and use a singing bowl. It's a really gentle way to help people come out of a practice. But sometimes I'll just grab it and use it in the afternoon for a minute and then go eat my lunch. Like it's <laughs> like a, a ceremony. It's just a beautiful um, vibration. It's believed to help uh, calm the nervous system, you know, calm your brain down and help take deeper breaths. There's a lot of science behind how Tibetan bowls actually do help assist in a meditation practice. But again, it's not a necessity. It's a beautiful addition if you Yeah. Amazing. I have... Uh, Crystal singing bowls, 432 hertz. It sounds so beautiful. And so stunning. Yeah. I'm like getting even more into it. You can definitely feel it through like your whole body. There's something very powerful about surrendering to that sound and letting your body just fully fall into it. And then that becomes where your focus is. 
is following the sound and then you release a lot of thoughts that way by just focusing on this beautiful sound it's it's a very beautiful surrender and the the singing bowls that are crystal like you have or uh, like a tibetan bowl it's like copper and bronze different sounds different they activate different chakras different points of your body so yeah it just depends what you're in the mood for that meditation yeah so cool. So you, t- you teach meditation classes online and person both like how? No, I, you know, I do it here and there because I, I'm so lucky. I I'm so in awe and so grateful that I get to do this business. It's, it's such an absolute gift. And I spend a lot of time in Asia. So I spend a lot of time between Bali and India and Nepal. I go back a few times a year. And when I'm there, I take a lot of meditation trainings, take a lot of courses. So when I come back, I just like to share what I've learned and say, Hey, this is one really cool technique I've learned. Do you guys want to learn about it? So it's, it's not a super structured experience. I've started recording more for Mala Collective and we give them away for free and sell them here and there. But I, I'm not... Um, I never call myself like a coach or a teacher in that capacity. I'm here to just reshare what I've learned. If people like it, that's awesome. I think that's so cool that you've literally been building an empire on like something that just seems so in flow with like your passions and like the things that you love to share that you've been able to create a lifestyle and of like just this supporting you so much. I think it's like so beautiful. I think it was genuinely led just through sheer curiosity. And I think that that gift and that power of curiosity is such a beautiful entrepreneurial gift. And I I definitely brought that over from journalism that I was paid to ask questions. And so when I started this practice in meditation, my impression of meditation was a gray-haired, bearded man (laughs) sitting on a cushion for a half an hour in silence with incense. And that is, for me, really was really intimidating and really inaccessible. So my journey started by, well, how do I do this for a few minutes a day? And um, if I'm not Buddhist, can I do this? If I'm not Hindu, can I do this? Is that rude if I'm doing it that way? And am I allowed to start by, you know, just, just asking different questions of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's helped evolve, not just the business of how we explore products, but my own teachings, my own expressions, my own learning. Like now I've taken a deep dive into gratitude and the power of gratitude. And that is a new journey for me this year that every morning I do a 10 minute gratitude practice of journaling mm-hmm. the past six months. I've noticed how my language changes throughout the day that wow. I show gratitude to, I verbalize it um, excessively <laughs> to a point where people are like, wow, you're really grateful for a lot of things. Like, yeah, but I didn't realize how powerful it was to start sharing that throughout the day. And so, you know, that's just the, the curiosity of what gratitude can do is, you know, something that interested me this year. So it's all just led through curiosity and I'm grateful for that. Um, that also so many other people are curious about meditation and mindfulness. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. So many people are curious of it and don't know where to start or feel like they don't know how to, like you said, because their Absolutely. mind is so loud and all of that. And... I think just like with practice, you learn how to just be (laughs) and let the mind chatter pass. Yeah. And I think it's such an internal experience that, for example, when you're in a yoga class and you don't know how to do the pose, you can look at the person beside you, you can readjust and realign. But with meditation, it's such an internal experience that if you're sitting in meditation and someone's sitting beside you and you open your eyes and peek at them, 
you immediately go into self-judgment of, oh my goodness, this person is so deep in this beautiful place. And you know, maybe they looked at you 30 seconds earlier because their leg was asleep and they were judging themselves too. You guys missed <laughs> eye contact. So it's, it's such an internal experience and everybody has tons of thoughts in meditation. Everybody thinks they're doing it wrong when they start. Wow. Everybody thinks like it's, it's just such a common fear and it's such a common experience that Hey, is it okay that I have 120 thoughts in three minutes? Well, of course it is. Of course it is. It's totally, it's totally normal. The point of meditation is not to eliminate all your thoughts. If you maybe look at it as, hey, I'm going to take eight minutes to connect to myself and just breathe and get in my body, that's going to be a little bit more of an accessible approach to starting meditation practice. Or mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm going to try to have 100 thoughts instead of 170 just by calming my breath today. And, you know, I don't intentionally go, I'm going to have 100 thoughts instead of 100. <laughs> but that naturally starts to happen. You start to find, Deepak Chopra talks about it as finding the space between your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And as you start to focus on your breath, focus on your I am mantra. If it's I am enough, I am love. If you're focusing on that for eight minutes, the thoughts that wander in are less and less and less. And when they do wander, just come back to your I am statement, come back to your mala, come back to your breath. Mm. So just coming back to those focal points. Um, it's, it's just a practice. It's, you know, yeah. it gets easier, but then there's also days where, you know, I could do it every day for two months and then I have a really bad day where I don't want to do it. And that's also <laughs> completely normal. I've never had a, a sit session where I have no thoughts. Wow. It's just not, it's not Have you ever done the, like the 10 day meditation? Vipassana? Yeah. No, I yeah. haven't, you know, that is the next one I want to try. Wow. I would absolutely love to do that one. So I've looked into a few, uh, in India, uh, and Thailand and in Canada actually, but wow. I, that's the one I have yet to do. I've heard it is an absolute trip. I, yeah. I can't wait to experience it. Have you done it? I have not done it yet, but I know a few people who have, and I know someone who's at one right now. Um, and everyone has said it's been like extremely life changing, and like I can only imagine how challenging it must feel like the first few days. But I'm sure like you get some major growth and healing from that. Like yeah. Especially things like no phone, no electronics, no writing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds... Well, you know, my version of that is every year I go hiking in the Himalayas. So I usually go for 10 days to the mountains on my own, meet a hiking group when I get there. And that is, for me, my deepest form of meditation Mm -hmm. is spending 10 days in nature and walking and just being in my mind and my body, having a bit of struggle by hiking. Like, you know, Everspace Camp isn't easy, but it's it's very mental and it's, um, it was, it's been such a gift. So I'm actually going, and I just booked it today, actually going in a couple of weeks to go do uh, a hike in Japan between Buddhist monasteries. So being able to have the connection to nature, the connection to some form of, um, a spiritual experience, but just the gift of time alone in my body is for me, that's my form, um, my deepest form of meditation. So Vipassana, yeah, I would love to dive into that one. But for now, I'm, I'm really digging the long distance hiking. Yeah, that's awesome. So good. So I want to bring it back to your gratitude thing that you mentioned because I a lot of people talk about gratitude. I share about gratitude all the time. And I always share it in the way where it's one thing to like write it down, but it's a whole another ballgame when you can really start to like feel it and take it in and like feel it on a cellular level. I'm curious like what your new gratitude practice 
looks like for you and what it's been like coming out of that for you. Yeah. So there was some resistance and there still is sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It's not perfect. Um, but I, the way I have stuck to it is by doing it every morning at the same time. I go to the exact same seat in the exact same coffee shop. <laughs> um, whether I'm in New York or I'm in Vancouver, because I, I go between the two, or if I'm in Asia, I know I wake up, grab my journal, wash my face, brush my teeth, and I go straight out the door. Because I know if I start doing something else, it's really easy to get distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I set a timer, or I just know how many pages usually it takes to do 10 minutes. And if I'm really struggling that morning, I write down the things that are around me. I'm grateful for this coffee cup. I'm grateful for this table and this chair, just to get the pen moving, just to get the thoughts flowing. Um, and then it usually, you know, it turns into a really beautiful experience of the people that I'm grateful for, the, the places, the experiences, the thoughts. Um, and then I do 10 minutes of reflective journaling after that gratitude practice. So I do 20 minutes of journaling every morning. And I've noticed um, throughout the day, I'm far more optimistic, mm-hmm. uh, especially running a business. I've noticed, you know, there can be days where you're putting out fires and, um, it feels like the end of the world. And I've noticed that the gratitude practice has given me a lot of perspective um, and being a CEO and growing this company and developing product and you know working on all these things that it can be really easy to go down a rabbit hole of thinking everything is on fire uh, when it gets really overwhelming. And I, I have to say that gratitude practice has helped shift higher on the business. It's helped my relationships, my friendships, my family, like how I work with the team, like everything has shifted just by verbalizing a little bit more, just my attitude, or I let things go a little bit easier. Um, it's, and I, I have to be honest, I was very skeptical at the beginning because I was working really? with a coach and they were like, 10 minutes of this every morning will change your life. And I was like, I don't think so. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. That sounds a little bit uh, too good to be true. And it, it's quite funny because I worked with this coach six months ago and went back uh, to see him two weeks ago. And I apologized <laughs> for being skeptical. And I said, you know, this has changed everything. Uh, That's for me. so And I'm funny. so grateful. Yeah. It's quite funny how simple it is. Like, yeah, doing it, you just have to do it. That's all. Uh, Exactly. It's so funny because, like, it's those simple little things that make the biggest results. Yeah. In life, and it doesn't need to be hard. It's so funny. Like, how long did it take you to like start? I guess seeing the shifts or feeling the. I'm glad that you still did it, (laughs) even though you were skeptical. Well, there was days where I was very grumpy in my gratitude journaling. Like <laughs> I know that I need to be grateful right now, but I'm really upset about this, but I will still be grateful for this experience and what I'm sure it will teach me in the future. Like a little mm. bit really stretching on some days to find the gratitude. Um, I, what I actually do. So I do the, the 10 minutes of gratitude, 10 minutes of reflective, and I've started incorporating an hour of strategy work. Um, so this coach I've worked with, you know, it's really easy to get into the day-to-day and feel those wins and get validated. But my job as a CEO is to have the strategy of what's next. Mm-hmm. What's the big picture? How do I lead the direction of the company? And I've noticed doing an hour of strategy work after this gratitude session is I start to view the business in a way of possibility and opportunity. Instead of when I was doing strategy work before, it was usually, how do I fix this problem? Yeah. So just the entire way I've looked at the next year of how Mala will grow and progress. Um, I feel like I've stepped into my power as a CEO for the first time in eight years. Wow. Which is, that's a really big deal that I'm taking the time to do the strategy and 
really visualize the potential of what we can become and continue to grow and even acknowledge, hey, I'm really scared about this growth. I don't know how to do it, but I can see it. Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't have to know how to do it. There's people out there that are smarter than me in all of these areas that I can hire, work with, you know, work with as coaches. There's, that's the joy is I don't need to know how to get to A, a to Z, but mm-hmm. I can visualize and then share with the team and ask their opinions. But without me doing that gratitude work, I wouldn't have been able to step into that strategy work um, that was full of potential and optimism opportunity uh, instead of putting out fires. So I, it really has had so many layers of shifts for me. Um, it's been really incredible, really powerful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That was, I had some golden nuggets, like from that alone, like the fact that, and I want to just pull this out for those listening as well, that you don't need to know how to get from A to Z. And a lot of people that are starting their own business or, or, you know, stepping into doing their work or going, taking things to the next level, they think they need to know all the how and all of the answers. And you really don't. That's why when you grow, you continue to build a team and have people supporting you. And it's so cool to hear that just that simple practice of gratitude has helped you shift your perception and perspective on things and be able to head into that strategy work with like a totally different outlook. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the coolest. And, you know, I, I'm so proud of my team and what the work that they've accomplished. Like they, I work with some absolute rock stars and by no means would Mala be where it is today with just me. Like this is, you know, I'm a CEO and that's very cool, but I don't do everything in the business. This team that I have um, has brought this vision to life and doing it alone. I used to really resent that saying, if you want to go alone or if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I thought, you know, I can do a lot on my own. I could probably do this. (laughs) And it's not true. (laughs) You can do a lot on your own, but uh, if you want to step into those really um, big visions that, that scare you as they should. Uh, mm-hmm. They still scare me. I've been doing it for eight years. Um, this team is just absolute, an absolute gift. And I can't wait to see who else joins us the next couple of years. Mm, and and so to insane. be, to be fair, it's also not been easy. I've I, very self-admittedly, I was not a great leader for many years because I was really scared of leading people because of that self-doubt of who am I to do this? Uh, so I've, I've done a lot of work about how to lead and, I'm still deeply a work in progress on that, but um, I'm very grateful for where my team is now and the, the power that they bring and the vision that they bring as well. It's really cool. That's so amazing and so inspiring because the work never ends. The inner work, we're always expanding, we're always growing, we're always learning. And it's like all part of the journey. Yeah. So speaking of part of the journey, like where do you see Mala going in the next year or however? Like what's your yeah. next, next level vision? So we're working on a few things. So it's so beautifully interesting to look back and see how we started having a couple of necklaces and a couple of bracelets. I am very fascinated with the things that you can have in your life and in your home specifically throughout the day that inspire your mantra, inspire your affirmation, inspire your practice. So we're looking at how do we expand into the home space of mindfulness and not just having, you know, your eight to 10 minute meditation in the day, but that it becomes a full lifestyle. 
it's a very intentional lifestyle. The things in your home are made intentionally. It's very important for me. We work with artisans overseas that I know who we're working with. I spend a lot of time with them there. So continuing that mandate of working with artisans, doing fair wage work, creating product that is really beautiful, really authentic and traditional. So expanding into, you know, living room, bedroom, bathroom, how how does that feel? How does that look? How do we incorporate ritual through our routine throughout the day? Um, I'm also writing a book, which is so cool. Scares the life out of me, and I'm so excited. And I have the most beautiful uh, book fairy godmother. I call her. She's uh-huh. just an absolute gem. And writing a lot about you know this this I am enough uh, experience of how we all go through that feeling of not uh, being enough, and how we can you know use the practice of gratitude, of meditation, of reminders throughout our day to um, help us break through those barriers. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of cool things coming up. We're launching another brand uh, in the next year. So, so exciting. There's a lot of, this whole strategy thing really works. I just, Uh you know, if I had only started earlier, but I had to get here to to really appreciate it. So. Wow. So good. When is your book like going to be released? Do you know? I don't. We're, we're working on it now. So I'm hoping in the next year and a half. Um, nice. These things apparently take some time, but I am grateful to go back to my writing roots. I, I do deeply miss writing. So. Oh yeah. Cause that's like your, what you started with and kind of bring it back that's full right. circle. Yeah. I feel very, uh, very excited about that. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing so much amazing things on this episode. I feel like I learned so many things. I'm like so excited (laughs) to get my mala beads now. (laughs) Oh, well, I can't wait to hear how how they work for you. Well, thank you. I'm so honored to be here and thank you for letting me share that. Um, Your audience is beautiful and I am just grateful for um, the opportunity to be able to share some of my thoughts and my fears and experiences. And I hope some people can relate to that and it helps uh, ease and support the the entire journey of running a business and the fears and the ups and the downs because uh, it's all real and um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share that so thank you yeah. so much I yeah feel very thank helpful. you I feel like everyone listening probably got so much gold out of this and so much inspiration because it's you know knowing that we're not in this journey alone that we all deal with similar ups and downs and it's yeah. just a matter of continuing to go and continuing to grow, continuing to shine and share. So thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day. And um, my goodness, I'm in gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.